to another exciting episode of Between the Lines. I'm your host, IBK. We've got a packed show to talk about this week. Um, only two two teams remain who have not lost right now in the Premier League. We've been touching on that. Elsewhere, Lotaro came off the bench this weekend and scored four goals. We'll be touching on that. Um, so many interesting things are happening right now in the world of football. Everybody's getting cramps We're going, and different injuries and everybody seems to be having. Kai Havertz has finally scored a goal. We'll be touching on that. Um, we had a blockbuster trade in the NBA that was that involved Damian Lillard. So what's up, Olashagun? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, as you mentioned, yeah, Kai Havertz scored a goal. It was good. Good results over the weekend for us. I mean, good results in general, in plural, because, you know, um, the Liverpool game, the the City results as well. Um, United is always is always good. So yeah, just generally a good weekend of results from last now uh, point of view. But yeah, uh, I'm 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 quite happy. Let Let's start with the the um weekend in the Premier League. Tottenham Liverpool. Um, Tottenham started lively got a couple of red cards i have no complaints about about those red cards but i'm beginning to see i want to touch on a couple of things real quick in the game first of all i'm beginning to see liverpool's coach that is Klopp, becoming the coach evolving as being an in-game manager so what i mean is that not just his own whole metal heavy metal kind of football that we're watching and admiring but now he's becoming a coach that can bring about changes, you know, if the game is not going on, you know, the way he wants it to. And all through the season, especially this season, his coaching from the bench has just been flawless. His ability to change formation absolutely flawless. When they went down to nine men, his 5-3-0 was just massively impressive. Tottenham looked flat. In fact, their best playmaker had to be removed at some point because he was offering nothing. You know, they couldn't get the ball wide. They didn't even allow them to get the ball wide. But eventually, yes, they got the ball one final, you know, Hail Mary cross into cross come shot into the Matip squad. Of course, we also know that um, in that game had some very dodgy ref um, officiating decisions. Luis Diaz's goal should have counted. BGMO. Yeah, you know, of course, they've come out to release statements and stuff like that, you know. At this level, at any level, officiating decisions are very key because a lot is at stake. Money is on the line, jobs are on the line. How does the Premier League continue to curb incompetence? Is it, It's going to be a conversation we're going to be here next couple of weeks. Yeah, nobody wants to say 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 the right solution, but let's... Also, finally, has, you know, since... Beginning of let me say second half of last season, I tweeted this has entered his playmaking mode, and that's his ability to take over all facets, especially in the attacking side. And you see him popping, popping game, and that makes him also a double, a double threat because if he start laying off chances, also we know that Salatu can you know chop in and use his right leg. Yeah, his left leg to smash it in, whether a curler, whether placing, whether passing in. So it's going to be fascinating how he continues to use Salah, you know, you know, in in different roles and different positions up front. And you know, I'm 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 just excited for Liverpool. I know they are in the title race. Tottenham obviously right now in the title race. Man City obviously is in the title race and Arsenal as well. I think that's how the top four is going to be uh, in no particular order. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, like you mentioned this with like Klopp and um, uh, his ability to to manage in-game. I think, you know, they've had four red cards this season, uh, which... Obviously, you look at it and it's like that's a crazy number because it's not it's not ten games, but I think the first red card was against Bournemouth, if I remember correctly. That was uh, McAllister, and they just you know the way they were resolute in 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 the midfield. Um, so Bazlai was really good running around. Uh, you know when you say running around, it has like a negative connotation, but what I mean is like actually you know covering covering ground and just you know you know, running the hard kilometers to really, you know, cover the space that was, you know, vacated by, you know, McAllister leaving. Obviously, they had the the red card against um 
against Newcastle, uh, the one that Van Dijk got injured and, you know, they they regrouped, they were able to, um, I mean, Klopp was able to set them up in such a way that, you know, allowed them to have uh, Salah and Nunez up front. And, you know, that's obviously a deadly combination. And they got the results. And I think it was actually deserved because, you know, Newcastle, as you would imagine, in that kind of game where they are a man up, obviously had chances and had um, uh, possession, but they didn't like cut through Liverpool. There was one chance, that I, if I remember correctly, um, Javi Barnes should have squared it to Callum Wilson uh, and it should have been 2-0. But then apart from that, they, you know, Liverpool were really resolute and, you know, they got the result that they deserved. And obviously today or yesterday, it was kind of the same thing because, you know, they even went down to nine men. And, you know, when it happened, the, the red card happened, I was I was like, oh, this is like a little bit harsh and stuff. And the reason why I thought it was harsh is because, like, you can see the intention of him just trying to step over the ball, right? Um, but that's a red card. It's like, it doesn't matter if he's trying to step over the ball. And uh, the, the intention, I don't think, matters as much because he stepped over the ball and he, he stepped on the opponent's... Uh, yeah, it was it was above his ankle. It's a red card, right? It's harsh because you know you can tell that he's not trying to do that, but it is a red card. But then you know the way the um, Liverpool just kind of um, you know set themselves up. They're really um, they're really uh, you know they shot all across the midfield really well. I think Sobosla is a really big part of that. As with McAllister, it's a funny thing with Liverpool because you know they don't have a DM right. Before it was Fabio, and then you had you know Henderson and 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 Wijnaldum doing like yeah. the running across. Oh, no. Endo is their DM. Who? Endo, the jump. Yeah, but he doesn't play. He's not a starter. He's not a starter. Like what I'm, what I'm talking about, like when they are when the their starting team doesn't have a, a set DM. I mean, you look at the team that started yesterday and the games before. It's been Sobosly, um, McAllister, and uh, Curtis Jones. And the thing about that, which I think is good for Liverpool, is that none of them are DMs. None of them are also like massively uh you know attacking midfielders they're just midfielders right so they can really do like just everything and anything across like that midfield space and obviously all of them are like well especially Soberland Cottage Jones they really they they don't they don't uh, they track their runners really well so they have their just very good stable core of people that's I mean, I think a little bit reminiscent to a couple of years ago where they had like people like Wijnaldum and and Henderson and and well, let me say Wijnaldum and Henderson who Wijnaldum and Henderson are not particularly defensive. They're not particularly attacking. They're just central, right? But you have now three of them that are just central and they allow like Liverpool to, yeah, just cover the ground in the midfield. They 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 close down really well. But then when they get on the ball, they can actually pass the ball out. They're not like you know they're not Kevin De Bruyne's, but they're good passes right and i think yeah that's a good base for me uh, liverpool to have uh in terms of just that that midfield um uh, trio as 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 you might call it so it was yeah it was i mean uh, as the game itself was very unlucky because you know nine men and losing in the last second is 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 got wrenching but i think just in general just moving forward with liverpool like they have they have a lot to build on there with the fact that they have you know this midfield that really can allow them to build and just uh yeah, be resolute in midfield because I mean, as you know, like in the Premier League, you really need that that you know resoluteness or resolution or whatever you know, the term is. You really need that in midfield because once you're getting run through, once anybody can just run through your attack or your midfield, you're in trouble. So I think Liverpool are, are set. I think you know, yeah, club has evolved as well, and uh, yeah, that's good to see. I mean, not good for for a team that wants to win the title in you know in their rivals, but for a Liverpool point of view, I think that's really good. So um, let's say it was convincing. It was Antonio Arala is a, is a coach that I was really intrigued about because I was like, okay, wow, this is a good manager coming into Bournemouth. Do you think it was the right job? Not sure he's ready for that. I don't know. First of all, how much um, communication you can get across, you know, right now in terms of He's not he's not a quintessential kind of Spanish coach, so he thought he could come to England, but but more enough talent-wise across board for I think for whatever message he's trying to pass to be passed across. They just look they look disjointed, they look they look like individuals. Meanwhile, Arsenal are growing with every game and 
quickly we we talk about Arsenal. This is their third game away from Stam um um Emirates this season. Three clean sheets, and they don't look like conceding. That's just that's even the funny part. They don't really look like conceding. They were solid again tonight. Um, is it tonight? Yesterday night as well. Um, they look very good. Kayavets finally gets a goal. Um, it's very impressive from Arsenal. But I I just think that um, I think that when they get away from us from Emirates, they they don't they don't want to entertain and win. They just want to win. I think that um Ateta's message is not clear enough for them. I think that away from home, they know what they are, they want to do and they go out and do it. They don't try anything funny. But in Emirates, I feel that they want to entertain and win. But right now, in in um in away from home, even last season, they you know they kept more clean sheets, I think, away from home than at home last season as well. So yeah, um, you're an Arsenal fan. Yeah, I mean last season, um, uh, they considered seventeen goals away all season and twenty five at home, which is which is ridiculous because you would expect that your home to be you expect your home to be your fortress. They asked us this question, I think, uh, yeah, in the last press conference. So I think the one, no, I think it was the one before Bournemouth. And uh, the question was like, I don't have the quotes here, but it was like, I'm just paraphrasing, like, bro, like, why is, yeah, why is that the case? Why does it seem like, you know, your team seems to perform better away than they do at home? And the answer was basically uh, something that also I think Gary Neville actually had mentioned, you know, in either, either on commentary or just, you know, on, on Twitter with his post, which is like, you know, the team just feels a little bit, everything feels frantic, right? I think... I mentioned this at the beginning of last season or just during last season that, you know, Arsenal as a, at least at home, the Emirates Stadium is like, it's a very, what Ateta has done and I think it's nice. Obviously, I'm not like in London, but from, you know, you, you can see it from the TV is that the team really feels connected to the fans and vice versa. The fans feel really connected to the team. So, you know, there was the, you know, last season was the introduction of the North London Forever song. There's also been, I mean, there's been the Ashburton Army, which is like a group of people that are banging drums, basically like the ultras in, you know, mainland Europe, uh, which they have existed before last season, but they really came to the fore last season where they had like more, you know, seat allocation and, you know, there was just, a, there was more presence of them in the stadium so you know those things there's more tifos now which is you know the banners that are around the stadium all those things have really like made a very like um more uh cauldron like atmosphere in in the emirates and i think it's a good thing because you know the the players feed of that but uh i think and i i don't know i don't know if there's science to this but my hypothesis is that that kind of that that atmosphere kind of feeds into the players whereby, you know, they feel it, everything is frantic, and then they make mistakes, right? Arsenal are the ones that they have considered the most goals within a minute in any, I think, ever, or something like like some crazy stuff that they've considered three goals within a minute in the calendar year of 2023. They've considered, um, I mean, if you just go through the highlights, you see that they made a lot of mistakes leading to direct goals. I think a couple games ago, it was Salah, Asaka passing to um, Pereira against Fulham. We drew that game 2-2. You've had uh, Saliba scoring own goals. If you go back into last season, you've had Ramsdale passing the ball to uh, a Southampton player in the last couple of games of the season where the title is on the line. And you just have things like that, right? And it's not... You don't have that at any other club, whether it's Man City or whether it's Luton Town. You just don't have those kind of mistakes. So when you look at it, you, you start thinking to yourself, like, this cannot just be, you know... Uh, natural, right? It's it, you have to think to yourself like maybe it's the atmosphere and it's just the pressure of like they really want to win something and the fans are feeding into that pressure and then it's feeding onto the players and then it's just I think it's a little bit too much, right? Again, that's there's no science to this. I haven't conducted any experiments, but I think that that's what it is. And away from home, like because Arsenal is a really good team, obviously, uh, away from home without that you know pressure or pressure or like the added noise of the fans. They're just able to play football, right? And they played uh, four games this season. Crystal Palace away, it was 1-0. Obviously, you had yesterday where they played against, um, where they played against uh, Bournemouth, it was 4-0. You had, um, uh, where else have they played? They played against uh, Everton and Brentford. Everton and Brentford, 1-0 each. So it's like, it's in and out jobs really quickly, you know, get the job done, gets in, get out, right? It's very professional. 
because there's good, they're a good team, obviously, but it's without that pressure of like the fans, they're able to really show themselves. So I don't know. I don't know. Like the thing is, what can you do, right? So you cannot tell the fans at home to stop making noise, right? I don't know. So I think Ateta, you know, has to look I at think, I think he has to. I think he has to. I think he has to make them feel like they're away. It's an away game. Yeah, yeah, but how do you I do think that? So. I think he, no, he himself. There's uh, if he can get the fans on, you know, he has gotten the fans on their side on Arsenal's side, you know, so that we can go into other conversations. He has gotten the fans on their side, but I think he, if he can coach the the players to play better, not just better, just, you know, without the extra pressure. Maybe, you know, we he's had unorthodox ways of training noise at um, Anfield. Yeah, you with know, the... Voice, the yeah. And stuff. So if he can walk kids and uh, these players know that you know we are just playing football yes the noise is deafening and everything but we have a job to do we just play well because it's not like they go away from home and play poorly and win one zeros and two zeros and all yeah. that it's not like enough Bournemouth yesterday they they beat them black and blue four nil was not even you know wasn't as convincing it could have even been more if it was maybe a Man City, they would have ended that game six seven, you know that kind of thing. So yeah. I think that they can they they can do it. They can do it if they cut down. If this season they've considered about four five goals this season in the league, um, or so. If they can say, you know what, we are we are not going to concede. We are going to concede about seven or in Emirates from now to the end of the season. So that's fifteen thereabout. Trust me they might win the title. Because away from, they are f- almost flawless. At least yeah, I agree. Game. And even, I mean, even, yeah, I mean, it leads in, into back season, as I mentioned, 17 goals away, 25 at home. I don't know. I mean, maybe you can ask the players not to, to, to uh, when they come in before the game, maybe stay, stay in a hotel, like that is not their hotel, like the, the main hotel, or like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one because like, something, yeah. Yeah, how, how do you? Yeah, yeah, it has to be psychological. I think Arteta has to get like you know a sports psychologist to really um, work on that. But yeah, you're right. It's it's it's. I think it's a problem because well, you want your home to be a fortress, but we'll, we'll see how Arteta like uh, um, deals with that. Okay, so let's let's segue to um, a, a team that we don't talk about a, a lot of times. Aston Villa beating. One six and um, Brighton have lost about three, four games this about four games this season, four in the last six. They're about um this is the reason why this is the reason why Brighton is Brighton. This is the reason why Dejerby might not still get the plush. The reason why Graham Potter and his mistake is that um these coaches have almost one style, you know, and you respect the way they get their if they are, if you counter it, they don't have a plan B, and that's why I'm beginning to even. That's why you see even Pep style, although it's you think it's one style, but there are so many variations in that one style that he can go to when things are not working well. Even Klopp could do it. Ateta is beginning to know how to. We will have different iterations of that style, and and I think that's what we're seeing with the Sherby. People are beginning to find out how to. You know what? They like you to come and press them, and then they you, you don't allow them to do that, so they don't play around you. You know, and before you know it, you know, Emery, we know that if 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 Unaemery needs to beat you in one game and take it like a cup game, and he makes a lot of players better. The only team he didn't really play well in, and you know, really didn't do as well as he should have done was was with that. Took them to the um, Europa League final where they were well up, obviously. But six um, one, Olin Watkins. That you know he plays almost like Gabriel in terms of very hard working, industrious, not clinical enough. He already has a signed Diaby. Because Musa Diaby goes to Aston Villa because he's in Emery, not because of Aston Villa. That you know we respect to Aston Villa. 
he goes there because of, you know of Naomi. He's brought in Ramsey. He's beginning to play much better. McGinn is McGinn. Uh, of course, they have Douglas Louise and stuff. They might challenge for top four this season, or more of the Europa League, where you know they are in the Conference League right now. But six one against Brights. Yeah, I mean, to start from Aston Villa before, I, I don't know if you want to start from Brighton or Aston Villa. What point of view do you want to take it from? No, no, go to, I've done Aston Villa. You can touch on Brighton. Okay, Brighton. Um, yeah, you're right about like these teams having this this kind of teams. Well, like uh, like Brighton having like one one way and it being found out. And when it's found out, it's found out really heavy because I don't know if you remember, but like a couple of weeks ago. It was really like um, a, a mirror duplicate of uh, this Aston Villa game, whereby they went to they played against West Ham. West, yeah, it was West Ham visiting, and it was three one, right? You had Antonio on the brick, and they basically just <laughs> they hit them, yeah, for three, Jared and it was born, yeah, yeah, Jared Bourne, you know, uh, uh, as well, and it was like, yeah, you just don't don't give them that. Don't 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 let them beat you into a press because you know we've seen like the clips of them. They will stand on the ball uh, and halfway, and they will try and find that that free man in the middle, right? But don't allow that, right? Don't don't press them. Um, uh, what's the don't press them like as hard as they they would want you to, and win the ball back in the midfield, break on them, and you're you're in, right? And they don't have um yeah they don't have uh, a counter to that, and that's uh I think you're right. I think like that's what limits. Um, you know, teams like Brighton, I wouldn't necessarily say managers because I think managers can always um evolve because it's just a tactile philosophy, like it's not uh it's not set in stone, right? I think when you have better players, you can always like uh yeah, you you have more options because better players can play in you know more ways, I think is is fair to say. But teams, I think teams like Brighton, especially because the team, the, the organization is so is so um well run and it's so from top to bottom, it has the same philosophy. It's kind of hard for them to pivot away from that and start playing a different way. Um I mean the manager before him was uh um uh Potter who kind of played like that. Right well, after that is Deserbi who kind of plays like this. So it's like they, they want players they want the, the the team to play in a certain way and uh yeah that that kind of limits them right and i think also they have like a, you know the players are they are brighton players right they are very good but they are brighton players they cannot you know you cannot uh they they, they don't have as much tactical flexibility as you know a more top end team or whatever so yeah i think for brighton it's going to be i think it'll be fine because like at the end of the day like you know they are going to have teams that are going to come and they will be able to play through them and, and find goals. And because, you know, you have Mitoma on the wing and Sulemach and Pastor Gross, who are really good players. But the thing is, it's going to be a little bit, I think for the next couple of game weeks, it's going to be a little bit difficult for them because they're going to face teams that are going to be like, oh, okay, like this whole, you want, this is what you want us to do. We're not going to do that. We're just going to, you know, wait and try and break. And it's be it's be interesting to see like how they deal with us. I think they would, you know, for the remainder of the season because it's a good team and it's a good manager. But for the next, you know, couple of game weeks, it's be interesting to see if they're able to because I, I think that will be, um, that will be a tough trip for them. Let me just check like their their next few um games so I can see like the teams that they're playing. So they're playing Marseille in the Europa League, and then after that, <laughs> after that, back to back, they have Liverpool and Manchester City, <laughs> and then Ajax, and then Fulham, and then Everton. Wow. Boy, <laughs> they, they, they might not pick up up to three points in the next three, four games. I think Liverpool is beating them. I think Man City is beating them. Fulham, they would beat them. Everton, beat them. yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, probably, probably they will beat them. I think they have Aubameyang. Uh, I think um, this guy is agreeing to become. Um, Zidane is agreeing. Zidane is for Marcel, yes. He's agreeing to become their coach, their manager. Yeah, I saw something like that, stuff like that. Okay, let's let's um, let's uh, Man City lost, you know, 2 1. They've lost bad games, they lost in, in, in midweek, and then they lost, you know, you know, over the weekend 2 1 against Wolves. Wolves, over the last couple of seasons, 
with Man City has been hit, hit and miss. They win some, they lose some. So I don't put too much stock into it. People were like, ah, they missed Rodri. Yeah, they missed Rodri. You know, Rodri had fucking red card for the last maybe 18 months. So finally, for, for Nemesis to catch up with him, big deal. But Man City looked lethargic. They didn't look like they had any bright ideas. Junior Alvarez is a, is a breath of fresh air this season. You know, this is he's a good player. When when Man City signed him, I was like, why would they, why would the whole of Europe be closing their eyes? And the guy, the best guy in Copa, in all of South American club football, is going to Man City. Like that is ridiculous. You know, and yet they have the best strike. You know, and they were signed also, also the best young striker, Alan, and then you the best you know player in Copa. Libertadores, you know, best South American player playing in South America is going down there. So he's going to show his real quality. Marvelous free kick he scored, you know, this weekend. On top of, you know, but lost. The Wolves played well. They played hard. They, 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 they kept their shape. They were disciplined. You know, it was a proper English performance. Now, let's. I want to touch on one game that surprised me out of the Premier League in Serie A. Um, Inter lost over the midweek 2-1 at home to Sassuolo. Sassuolo have started the season well. They have their own Dijerbi. He's doing great things there. That was where Dijerbi was, young manager. You know, they, 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 they've always had these exciting, attacking Italian managers who, you know, go against the grain. And they unearthed another against Inter, played them off the park. But this weekend, you know, they rested, they rested the big boys, started Sanchez and all this. And, you know, it wasn't forthcoming against Salatina. And then. Salatina. Salatina. Yeah. And then this guy unleashed Lotaro and he comes off the bench and the four goals were just. It was they were just proper striker goals. The penny has dropped. He's the captain. The bench has scored even a goal is you know is impressive. Then to score, including a penalty. Yeah. His his combination with um um Turam, you know he likes this small striker big striker combo, you know that Conte brought into that team. He just looks perfect. He's not really the main striker striker. Turam too is not really the main striker. So the there's no the focal point is not like a focal um qualities and they complement each other very well. And he can almost because you have Turam, who is a real proper nine on the channels, yet he's physical, yet he's very mobile, very technical, and they ran right. And it was it was it was a brilliant performance. Say I'm very annoyed about that game because, like, I was watching the first half and it was I was bored. I mean, the first half was the, it was zero zero, and uh, you know I was like, bro, this is this is boring, man. I was like, I was I was expecting them to, yeah, to to be Salinitano, obviously, but there was no Lautaro, and like, I'm not a fan of Turam, right? Uh, I I don't like his style. I don't like his running gates. I don't like, um his play in general, I just don't, it's not, I don't like it, but it's funny because it's really good. I mean, the other day he scored like the banga against AC Milan from outside the box. I think he won goal of the week or whatever. She's a really good player, but I, I'm just not a fan of him. So I was like, I was watching the game. I was like, bro, this is boring, man. And then I see like the highlights. I see the, the results, the, I think, I don't know if it was like the night off or the day after. I'm like, oh damn, bro, <laughs> it was four day. Like this guy came out that he scored like, I think four goals in, in 30 minutes. And I go watch back the highlights, and I, I think yeah, just yeah, because uh, YouTube does like Syria highlights very well. Like they do all the games and they put the highlights as well. So I go back and watch it, and it's like all the goals were real pure striker finishes, right? Uh, the first goal was like a dink over uh, the keeper, very very great finish. The second one, you know, nice. I don't know if you call it half volley or you know full volley, but it was like yeah, it was just a really good finish. The penalty, and then you know uh, a left footed uh, yeah sweep across the box with his uh, to to the far post right, and it's just I think he's been really good this season. Um, Lautaro, you're right. Like he's he's really taking on the 
the the mantle for the team. He's captain now, like his uh, you know, there is no Lukaku anymore. So, you know, he's probably I mean, Turama's coming, but you know, he's he's the senior man in terms of like, you know, that striker position. So he's like he's helping Turam to to bed in. And yeah, he's been he's, you're right, he's been really good. He's like he's he's taking responsibility and he's gone up a level. And it's funny because you know, Lautaro is one of those players that's because Syria isn't watched that much, and because he plays for a team that is watched a lot in Argentina, you kind of see him in Argentina and like this guy is rubbish, man, because he's always missing chances, you know, you know, playing Messi. And it's like, bro, this guy's played against Argentina. But like if when, when you watch him uh weekly, uh on a game-to-game basis, you realize, bro, this is a, this is a top, 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 top striker. I don't think he's gonna score uh 30 goals, right? So that's you know, you 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 pay on nine hmm? or ten. Yeah, yeah no, no, but I think this has been his best scoring season, though. No, I think this has been his best scoring season. I think like he's not. Uh, I think before that he, I I, I could be wrong, man. Let, let me check. But I don't think he's ever been like you know super prolific. Um, he he has been. He has been. Yeah, has he? Yeah. yeah. What did he get he's last season? 20, I think it's called like twenty two goals last season. Lautaro Martinez. Let me check what transfer marks to say. Lautaro. I but yeah, anyways, a... no, go for it, go for it. He's a proper, but I don't he's think a he's proper... a striker though. I think he's like he's a he's a second striker. Yeah, he's a second, like Griezmann. You know, no, I think Griezmann is like him. now. Griezmann is like a ten, maybe even no, deeper. No, Griezmann, Griezmann is now like a ten now, but younger. He was, you know, even his first things with people. He was the guy that was denied. It was just like a nine and a half. You know, he does more things, not just mm. scoring goals, people into play. And he, he's short, so he looks ridiculous. Why is it he won't bring it? But he does all those things, man. And Lataro too has that instinct about him too as well, you know. They are not, yeah, la- they are last not season he scored 21 in 38, which is a good is a good so, return. And then yeah, the season before, he scored 21 in 35. Okay, I was wrong, man. He's, he, he gets goals. <laughs> goes. Yeah, 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 but yeah, I mean, yeah, good for him. I, I think like this season, um, it's funny because like I think before the season, I would have said like, oh, he's probably AC Milan to, to get it back from Napoli, but uh, I think over the past couple of uh weeks, so this is the, we have a title race. Yeah, I think it's going to be Inter, um, AC, Napoli. Not you. You're not. You're not. You're not convinced by Juve. No, no, I'm not. I'm not convinced. Well, me, I'm not convinced also by Napoli. They need to. Start. Yeah, I'm not convinced by yeah. Napoli. I'm not. I, I mean, they won I, last week. They won this weekend, but generally, yeah, I don't have been good. Yeah, it's a serious downgrade with the quality of. Uh, no, Simen and Cavastrilia. Well, no, as in, I, I'm even talking about coaching with the quality of coaches around him. As in, that's Napoli's coaches. Yeah. Is a downgrade. The downgrade. Yeah. Allegri is. Allegri is a top manager. Um, you got to stop calling Zai, Allegri in 2023, man. He's a top manager. He has won how many ch- series? has. He knows what he's doing. Let's move to... Yeah, I know that AC um, Milan won 2-0, beat Lazio. Lazio just looked... Leo played them off the park, basically, between the Al, Pulisic, and... Uh, he's going to be... I don't know, man. It's Milan are beginning to unearth some gems, man. And that is Tijani. He had a fantastic game. Pronounce his surname. His name is Tijani. I can't pronounce his surname. Sorry to those who are listening. Kinders. Hmm? Kinders. Uh, yeah, he's a fantastic player. He's a fantastic central midfielder. I'm impressed, man. They have since they've lost them, it's Ismail Benassia to injuries 150 million times. He's just been a breath of fresh air. Um, well, moving to La Liga. Hold on, hold on, before we move on, I don't even think that's been the most impressive player for me. I think for me, it's probably been Loftus Cheek. Um uh, I mean, this is a player that I've always written, and I think like the best thing about Twitter is the fact that he saves like uh 
it saves your your tweets, right? So, and I think I had the tweets once, like in the uh, twenty nineteen or something. I was like, bro, we got to sell Ramsey, uh, or to Chelsea. Uh, yeah, it was 2018, 10th of uh, 14th of November, 2018, uh, 14th of October, 2018. Uh, Ramsey to Chelsea for 20 million plus loves his cheek would be great. Uh, so this is a player that I've always thought like, uh, I, I rate him like as high as you know, a Pogba or whatever, because you know, the way he, he first of all, you know, because he's really tall, uh, physically, he's very good. The way he has, you know, he can control the ball, keeps the ball like under control and he can drive through midfield, I think is almost priceless. And in a league like, you know, the Serie A, which obviously is stereotypically a little bit lower than, um, I don't think it's, I don't even think it's a stereotype. I think it's the truth. It's a little bit slower than the, the Premier League and um, yeah, leagues like that. A player like like Loftus-Cheek would, would, you know, shine is because he's physically... You know, more imposing than 95% of, of the league there. I mean, that's why Lukaku goes there and scores 400 billion goals, right? But yeah, just generally, like, love to Sheik. I, I think has been really good. He has been a, a breath of fresh air for them. It's, it's unfortunate because I think in the game he got injured uh, yesterday and he had to come up for... Uh, who did he come up for? He came up for one of the other... He came up for Musa. Yeah, you know, Musa in the 30th minutes. But just generally, like... I've watched a couple of his games and just the way he drives the midfield, I think has been probably their most, um, or one of their most influential players. There was like this video that, you know, uh, uh, Pioli was trying to remove him and like Tio Hernandez was like, bro, like, no man, <laughs> like this guy is our best player, man. He's keeping us in the game um, type thing. So yeah, I just wanted to, to give him a shout out there because I think he's, he's been really good. All right. Well, Another English boy that's been really good, Bellingham. Another goal. <laughs> another goal, another assist. He gave us, you know, a Trevella power. A player that has surprised me, but has come to, to been almost flawless, has been Hosello. You know, everybody has been, yeah, he's a, he's, he's, he's a B or C striker. You know, he's just he's just here to fill in and wait for uh um, wait for whoever striker Madrid signs in 2024. But this guy is looking like last season scored 16, 17 goals. This guy is looking like he might give almost goals this season. Maybe 20, 25 in all competitions, if possible. Madrid will create enough chances. Of course, by the time Vinicius and and shout out to Bellingham as well. Starts pouring. He will start. He would even keep scoring, and he's scoring. He's not really wasting chances. So he's, he's even looking like the game that Ancelotti threw away against that Atletico, which is useless, tactical. We praise him. He gets it right. He got that absolutely wrong. Um, Joselu has become a really big part of the team. Likewise, Kepa has become the, the in, in the league, they have four clean sheets already, which Madrid is not known for clean sheets. The last time they had many clean sheets was when they were going for the title under Zidane during COVID year, and they were just keeping clean sheets for fun. Shout out to Kepa, shout out to um, Joselu for doing well. Well, not shout out to one player, and that is Nacho. Uh, um, he's he's somebody that we all talk about of how a real professional he is. Spanish boy plays along the back line, and he just had a rush of blood to his head, red card. So their next game in the league, they only have one center half, and that is Rudiger. And Rudiger is not somebody that you're like, oh wow. You know, that's a calming influence. No, he has his own way in his head as well. Did you see that video that he was chasing back the player and he was slapping his back? <laughs> <laughs> like it was dead yeah, like like slapping his back like a, like an African uncle. But it was it was the funniest bird. Whoa, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> that guy is ridiculous, man. He's ridiculous. Um, yeah, Madrid. I didn't see the game, uh, this game in general, but I, I mean like the thing is. Their games are for some reason more often than other games are always in the night. 
So it's always, and it's always on Sundays. So it's after this podcast, I'll like catch like a, a glimpse of it and I'll see like some players and they've, uh, they've, um, you're right about Susano, you're right about Bellingham. Um, but I think those are, well, Bellingham at least is somebody that is, you know, it's, it's not a talking point that is new anymore. I think people are, he's a good player. But I think one player that I've been impressed with is like this new left back that they've gotten, um, Fran Garcia. Um, yeah, you know, he didn't even play yesterday, yeah. He didn't, even yeah, play but yesterday. I think he's really young. I think he's really young. I think, um, this guy is trying yeah, but, to, but is really young, man. <laughs> but Kamavinga has been playing for four years, been... now. yeah. Pretty like, you know, the thing is, yeah, exactly. Like, the thing yeah, with, yeah. with this kind really. of players is like, yeah, like Kamavinga or we, yeah, just young players that have started, like, you. You know, young youth is is just you know like I'll use Saka and uh, Smith Rowe. So Saka is like on eighty six Premier League apps or eighty seven now in in a row. Uh, this guy, what's his name, Smith Rowe, who is one year older than him, has just touched hundred apps in total for Arsenal. You know what I mean? Like just age is just uh yeah, it's it's a run is is a very it's a very arbitrary thing in football. Like you can't just use a player's age. You have to look at how much they played. But anyways. Back to Frank Garcia, I, I've really liked him because, like, he's, you know, these days um, a lot of players are coming through and they're like, oh, you know, he's um, he can really step into midfield and like he's he's comfortable on the ball and he can you know play in a double pivot with your with your left with your DM or whatever and turn it to a, a a two in midfield, and it's a breath of fresh air when you have like a left back left back you know that gets down the byline and whips in across. And I, I, it wasn't the last game, at least the game before this one. It was, I think it was a couple of games ago whereby they were losing or they were drawing. And the one that um, I think it was Valverde and Joselu scored. I can't remember the game that it was. Do you, do, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Um, I'll just check the results now. Uh, Wait, I don't know if it was last... about the last game. game. No, no, the no, last no, no. Thomas game. It might have been. It might have been. No, it wasn't because like this guy assisted. It wasn't Las Palmas. I think it was Sociedad. Yes, it was Sociedad indeed. Real Madrid against Real Sociedad, whereby they scored. It was 2-1. And uh, this Frank Garcia guy came on and he gave like two. Uh, and the first one was a pass to Valverde, like very good pickouts from the, the byline. And he like kind of pulled it back. And um, uh, what's his name? Um... Uh, what's this guy's name? Valverde, like you know, good finish. And then you had the one that then the the winner for Hosele was like a great cross, and mm. uh, that was like the one that you know Hosele headed it. And yeah, just in general, I've I've kind of been very impressed with him. I've just checked his his live score profile right now, and he's twenty four. This Frank Garcia guy, mm. I thought he was nine, like nineteen. No, <laughs> he's no, no. twenty four. He's been in the league for a bit. He was a Vallecano, apparently. Yeah, yeah. That's in- crazy. But yeah, he's a really yeah, good player. Yeah. I've been impressed with him. I think he's probably been uh yeah, a very good addition to their side. Um so yeah, he's a good player there. Well, let's let's Akar continues to win, they continue to do what they have to do to win matches and they did it again, you know, Sevilla winning one nil after drawing two two at Mayoka. Um, big big results for them. Ramos. Everybody was talking about the Ramos. Was uh, everybody was talking about Ramos holding Yamin Lamin yeah seven to nine years ago, or the other. But it was it was two of them. They were the two protagonists that caused the goal. You know. So um, Baka continue to do what they have to do to win. They are not as defensively solid as they were last season, but. But Javi is a player, is a coach that, uh, you know, we all talk about how, you know, all these guys are all offshoots of of the Lamas. Um, between him and Ateta and this all these other young Spanish coaches, they really ask you to that. They're trying to beat you in different styles. And they're trying to take each game as it comes and not give you 1,000 passes. Um, I'm, I'm impressed to see that, and I think that um, the future of Spanish coaching is really bright. 
if these are the kind kind of guys that are are, are being are being nurtured, you know, you know, as the Spanish top guys, you know, Javi Alonso, Arteta, Javi as well. Yeah, you're right. I think, I think, if I'm using like Ateta and Jabi Alonso as the, I guess beacons, or you say like, um, yeah, the the ones that are really were using to like buttress this point. So let's say even Javi. I wouldn't say Javi because Javi plays in a way that is. Uh, let me not use Javi. Let me not use Javi. Let me use Javi Alonso Javi. and. Uh, Javi has won the league already, so yeah, 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 he has convincingly, convincingly, yeah. Mm. But I, I, the point I'm trying, I want to make is I don't think Javi like supports it, so that's why I don't want to use it. Is the point is more about the fact that you know you have like this this Spanish coaches and you have like oh you know you you have a quintessential idea of what Spanish football looks like. Uh, which is, you know, what the the 2010s were, you know, with, you know, Javi and Iniesta and and and, and the like. But Ateta, if you if you think about Ateta, I'm using Ateta because he's the, he's the person that, you know, I'm, I have most uh, um, info on. He's a, he's a manager that, as a player, played, he started off as where, PSG, or Barca, then PSG, uh, mm-hmm. then Rangers. Then Everton in the trenches of Everton, you know, with Moyes, you know, Moyes ball for what? He was there for seven years, eight years. He was there for a bulk of his career. And then, you know, the last one was obviously Arsenal, where it was, you know, more, you know, fancy football, whatever. But he, he started off in like, you know, English football in Rangers. And then, you know, obviously, you know, lower, lower table football in Everton, whereby it's more defensive actions. I mean, I think when he was there, I think Everton were not like, you know, as rubbish as they are now, but they were never a top two side. I think the highest they finished was maybe fourth or something, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, but he's been like a mid-table uh, uh player. You obviously have um what's his name as well, Jabi Alonso, who obviously, you know, he was at um he was at Liverpool for for a good long while. He was at Madrid as well, which is a good side. Well, Madrid is a great side, but he was at Liverpool for a good time, and then you he also went to Bayern. So I think like these managers, and I think that's probably the beauty of like in the internalize internationalization of football is that these managers go outside. I, even Javi as well. He went to he was at uh, he was at uh, Saudi. Was it Qatar? Yeah, it was Qatar for a bit. Um, I don't know if that influences his his uh, his philosophy, but the point is like they've gone around, right? They've been outside and that always helps like um any couple managers so you, they have like their core principles which are you know taught to them like at academy level it, at La Masia or like you know Real Madrid Castilla and then they're able to actually go outside and you know go into DC different styles of football and I think that that's what helps them I also think that's what um if it's a larger conversation to be had about English managers. That's what uh, inhibits English managers. The fact that they are not, they don't go outside, right? You have Graham Potter who was for, at Sweden for a bit, uh, where he was managing uh, Ostersons, uh, if I remember correctly. And that's why he did well, right? At, at Brighton, right? Because he had like, you know, some form of international experience. But you can really, you can count on your hand the number of English managers that have gone outside. Uh, I think um, Roy Hodgson was outside for a while. Um, this guy that is assistant manager of Ten Hag, Steve McLaren, was was at the Netherlands for a while. Uh, but they're not. It's very few and far between. More time you have English coaches just staying in England, and I think that's also why they are not as versed as their international counterparts. But that's a conversation for another day, I think. But yeah, in general, I think that's what happens. Um, I think that's what happening. That is what what is happening with English, uh, Spanish football, whereby these managers are having like their grounding in in their Spanish way of football, but they are also having like international influences. All right, all right. Um, I think that's that's a really that, that conversation can take us into different angles, and let's, and it's taking us to what's happening in in Bayern right now. You know, in Germany right now, Bayern drawing to to Leipzig seems to be getting the bet, better of them. More often than not, this last couple of seasons, two two, they beat them. Um, Leipzig beat them in the Super Cup three nil. Leipzig yeah. has won the DFB Pokal back to back years. 
Um, so it's it's a real so them drawing two two was not a surprise. Hurricane coming, scoring yet again. Um, did our boy score this weekend? Oh, Boniface. Yeah. No, he didn't. I checked it because now is a there's a running thing. I'd like to see if he scored. And I don't think he did, but I'll check again. I don't think he did. Uh, Mines by Leverkusen. No, he didn't. He didn't. It was Van, de, Van den Berg, Grimaldo, and Hoffman. So, no. So but they're building something spot. there. I think they're, they're first, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're first on the table. So, yeah. yeah. We'll, 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 keep a, we'll keep an eye on what's yeah. happening in the Bundesliga. We should call it Nigeria Watch, because um, last well, season it was Osimhen. This season is Boniface. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have strikers that are scoring up there. So yeah, uh, so um I think we've we I think we've covered everything on football. So um the biggest thing that happened outside football this weekend was um Damien Lillard get Lillard getting traded to um to Milwaukee box for Drew Holiday and a whole host of other and now we're hearing Drew Holiday just before we start recording, getting traded to Celtics for Malcolm Brogdon, um, Robert Williams, a couple of first round picks, and yeah, it's just it's just fascinating. Me yeah, anyway, anyway, and I we're going to be talking about that next week, and we're able to pull this off. Um, it's been a conversation to have. Among two brothers, um, between two brothers, Yes, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so we'll drop a new episode in the morning, on Monday morning, on or before nine a.m. Um, this is IBK and Ulashagun in this episode. Thank you very much. Um, and um, good night. Good night. Bye.